Welcome to In the Dark, everybody. It is Sunday, the 22nd of August, 2021. Another rainy day, which I'm sure there are areas that need it. Seems like every few years we have a season of just nonstop rain. And um, makes my job a little harder because of what I do. But I... Um, I'm glad to have the time off. I can tell you that much. It's really, it's, it makes a lot of, I get to make up doing a lot of other things here. Uh, I wanted to talk today about reincarnation. Now, last week, if you catch my ap episode last week, it, I, I explained my stance on reincarnation. Um, I didn't really want to reiterate the whole thing, but I'll just touch on it real quick again. Um, so if you go back to last week, you'll, you know, it's more in depth. It explains what I feel. I feel with reincarnation that people are, there's two, two options there for me. I'm a Christian, so I believe what the Bible says. But upon looking through the Bible and trying to research where there's anything stated about reincarnation, the only real verse I found that touched on it was in Hebrews. And... That was really the only one that I can honestly say sounded like, you know, I mean, it's not that it sounds like it, there's nothing else, but it just, I don't really know what to say about this. But in the Bible, the only verse that seemed to come up to me that was contrary to reincarnation is Hebrews 9.27. It says, and just as it is appointed for man to die once... And after that comes judgment. Now, I, you know, I know the Bible is God's book. I know it's, it's inspired by God. But I also bear in mind at times that, you know, it also was written by man. So, I mean, is the book completely accurate? I don't know that. I don't know that. Um, you know, I think, like I said, it's inspired by the Lord. So, it's about the holiest book you can get, but I still have, you know, room in my mind for that. What if, you know, what if God kept secrets? What if he didn't tell us everything? Okay. Um, what if there's things that happen that are random cases where, you know, he decided to make it so people could come back if they died, the tragic death or if they died prematurely there's so many people that die and say that the lord says to them when they meet him that it wasn't their time and they were to go back well what if there's cases where the people choose to stay and then maybe they talk with the lord and decide to come back later um or he sends them back i don't believe it's for everybody i don't believe everybody's being re you know has been reincarnated I just don't believe that. Um, is there a possibility that's true? Yeah, it is. You know, but I mean, I try not to go against God's word. I'm not saying I'm going against God's word. I just feel there's some things he doesn't tell us. I feel that he doesn't tell us certain things because it, it leads to our destruction. It's much like when the watchers fell, there were 200 watchers that, that came here to watch over us and they fell because they chose to marry and mate with mortal women, creating the giants, the Nephilim. And the one thing about that, that just, 
I just don't, I don't understand, you know, God changes his mind in certain parts of the Bible. Okay. Sorry guys, I got a little distracted there. Um, had an interruption. So my, my thought just completely went out the door there. Um, so anyway, what I was saying about, I was talking about the watchers, but I lost my thought when I got my little distraction happened there. Um, but I, I just feel that God in the Bible has, has had times when he's changed, when he's changed his mind about something, when somebody has gone to God and they've spoken to him about something and he decided to go a different way. I mean, it says in the Bible that he's unchanging, you know, but I think what they're saying is that his essence, who he is as a being doesn't change. But it doesn't mean that God can't change his mind. It even says in Genesis that the Lord repented of ever creating humankind, that he, he was sorry that he made us. And there are other instances in the Bible where, you know, somebody had gone to him and asked him, you know, not to do something or to do something. And he has, he's changed his path of what he was going to do. So a lot of people take that out of context. They think that, you know, once God makes up his mind, that's it. There's no changing, you know, no going back. That's not the case. He's a father. He's able to be spoken to, reasoned with, you know, decide to go a different way. That's not the same thing as him not being, you know, the same, you know, today, tomorrow, and yesterday, however the saying goes. It's, it's you know, that's a different context there. So, um, so I, I do believe that there are cases where he could decide to bring people back, you know, and maybe he just doesn't want us to know about it, you know, but like I said, there, he had secrets in heaven that he didn't. And that's where I was going with the watchers. I just recovered that um, thought. The watchers, when they fell, had, had brought to humankind secrets. They had brought um, secrets in heaven that they weren't supposed to divulge to us, uh, horoscopes, astrology, abortion, weaponry, makeup. There were a lot of things that God did not want us to know. I believe he did not want us to know this information because he saw that it would all lead to our destruction. It wasn't that he was just trying to hide things from us that we would enjoy. It was that he saw what it would create and open up. And so these watchers had, um, the human women had agreed to marry them if they divulged their secrets. So they did. And that's how a lot of this stuff got started. There's a lot going on here that we were never supposed to know. They were supposed to remain in heaven and not be shared with mankind. And that was another reason that God became so just, just, I, you know, just angry at the watchers, at the, at the angels that fell. Um, but like I said, I just, you know, I do believe that reincarnation is a definite possibility. Um, I'm not going to say that it isn't because I'm not God and I don't know uh, what, you know, what, I mean, none of us know. That's the bottom line. I, I, I get on a lot of times online and I see people arguing about things and, making comments to people and getting really vicious about stuff. And it's really, you know, it's unsettling because there's not one expert on this planet that knows exactly what's going on. You know, there's, there's too much speculation and people have theories about 
you know, things, but it doesn't mean that their theories are right. It doesn't mean that it's, you know, fixed in stone or it's law. That's just, it's just something that each of us feel. And for all we know, there could be collectives, you know, we just don't know. So um, it's going to be interesting when we pass over and find out what's really going on. And hopefully we do find out. So I'm going to read you some uh, stories about some reincarnation incidences. And I found them very fascinating. There's so many stories. There's so many reincarnation stories. But some of these were really good. So a little two-year-old boy was watching TV and he made a comment to his mother that he liked something when he was a girl. The mother said, oh, really? When were you a girl? He claimed he was a girl before he came to her. These claims came out over a period of time as he grew when he grew up. And he married a man named George. I think I, th I find this interesting. I noted here in my notes that, you know, I said, does this explain the gay lesbian tendencies. You know, if we carry things from our past lives and we were a woman at one time and we're born a man in another life, could this possibly explain why that's happening to people? Why those tendencies are there? It's just a thought. Uh, George didn't like the baby. So the young man claimed the one that was the reincarnated female had taken himself to a bridge with the baby and jumped off and killed himself and the baby. Sorry, I couldn't read my writing there. So this happened to this, this boy. He had, he was a baby. He was a boy born a boy in his second life. And, um, he grew up to marry a man named George they adopted a baby or they had a baby. I'm not sure which one. And the George did not like the baby. So he took the baby and threw himself off a bridge and killed both himself and the baby. That's, that's pretty wild. Another two-year-old little boy looked at his mother one day and said, Mommy, when I was an old man, I was very, very sad. His mom, surprised at his statement, asked why. He said because his house had burned down with his two daughters standing at the bedroom window looking out. They were wearing their smocks. They were burnt to death. So this is happening around the world. The belief in the soul living on is ancient. But the fact that children talk about and give such detail begs the question of reincarnation. Is it really even unbiblical? At the Division of Personality Studies in Charlottesville, West Virginia, there are 2,700 documented cases of children who talk about a previous life. These children come from around the world, Southern Asia, West Africa, Europe, and the United States. Scientists at the Center of International Research are hoping to find the truth and proof of reincarnation. A woman with a young Two-year-old son, back in 1997, started talking about his other mama. So this two-year-old little boy started talking to his mother, his current mother, about his other mama. It started when he would get into trouble. He would sit back in his room and yell, I want my mama. The mother would come back and say, I'm right here. 
and he would yell, no, my other mama. Then when he was three, they went trick-or-treating and had decided to continue on with trick-or-treating at another part of town since they had exhausted the one section they had been doing. As they were driving to that part of town, the little boy said, oh, this is where we used to live. The mother said, we never lived here. The boy said, oh, that was when I lived with my other mama. Later, the little boy said his other mama was named Stacy. One day they were out driving and the boy pointed to a road and said, oh, they've paved the road. Yet they had paved the road 30 years before he was born. He talked about an older, older brother pushing him out of a tree and going on a camping trip to the mountains with his other mother, Stacy. He continued on with his memories until he started school at the age of five. He also had a birthmark, which is thought to be a physical reminder of injuries sustained in a past life. Basically, what may have killed you is where this mark is. I have a birthmark on my leg. And actually, all of my kids have birthmarks. Most of them do. My one son, I don't know where his is. Actually, two of mine. I know three of my kids, I know they have birthmarks. So I've always thought that was interesting. I've heard that many times before. He claimed he was a teenager when he died, either 15 or 17, and he had died in a car accident. The key is to find out if the person the boy claimed to be ever existed. The investigators start with newspapers looking for stories that match. After an accident, a young man watching at what was being done to him from above in spirit watched his younger sister cry a lot. There was a garland on his body as he was brought home before burial. Not much memory after that except for seeing a photograph of himself as a corpse until he was reformed as a girl, reborn as a girl. He saw darkness, then a light. He remembers going towards the light, and then he was reborn, and now a she. In the East, there is a long-established tradition of children with past life memories it is believed it's it i'm sorry it is believed it leads to spiritual growth dr haroldson has investigated over 60 cases in sri lanka he has found that in that area compared to the west children recall specific details which makes it much easier to discover details on who the child claims to have been before Dr. Haroldson considers the case of a girl named Punima to be one of his strongest cases. In 1996, in 1996, he came to know and study her case for three years. Punima lives in a small town called, oh, give me a, give me a second here, Bakamuna in the central province. Her father is the head teacher at the local school. All of her family are practicing Buddhist. When Punima was about three, she asked her mother if she wanted to know where her other mother and father were from. Her mother ignored her, thinking she was joking. But Punima pressed on, offering more information, and stated her other parents were from Kat Katania, about 140 miles away, then went on to talk about her other life. She talked about a fragrance, a sweet smell, Anything she would make at her current home, food, clothes, anything, 
she would say she wanted to take to her other mother. And I believe this girl, in her second life, as a girl, she was born to a very well-to-do family. Man, imagine how this makes the current mother feel, you know, to have your daughter always thinking about another mother. That must be really odd. The unusual part of this case is that at 12 years old, she still retains all memories. She states she was a man before, and her real name was Jenadasa. her real name. She's associating with only one life, even though she was reborn. Crazy. That's what I find really nuts, that she's actually, you know, she's she's reborn, but she's still associating with her other life, like mostly. She says her name was actually Jenasana, but they called her or him Jenadasa. So he was a boy named Jenasana, but they called him Jenadasa. I'm not sure why they called him that. She says she had a sister and a younger brother, and she manufactured incense sticks and just and would distribute them to shops. They had cars and vehicles, but he used a push bike mostly and spent a lot of time traveling to from place to place. As a small child, Punima would describe not only how she made incense, but also the brand she sold, which was Umbika and Gerabicha. The parents were baffled. And Kenonia Ken Ergoda, 140 miles away, lives the, what these names, Vito Sidi family, who are incense makers. They are the only family in the country registered to make the brands Punima talked about. One member of the family, Janadasa, was killed four years before Punima was born. When Punima first started describing her memories, these families, separated by distance and class, had never met. Janadasa's friend describes how he was killed. All the details of the accident on the push bike he would describe. He still hadn't met Punima or ever spoken to her. Punima also described every detail remembering her death, and both stories matched perfectly. He was hit by a bus, basically. When, when she was very young, Punima's memories were overwhelming for her. She had difficulty separating her past life from her present. And when she was five, a new teacher came to work at her school. He claimed to have lived in the area she said she had lived in as Janadasa. Talk about fate. Holy moly. The teacher and father got to talking, and the teacher told him he would make investigations since he traveled back and forth regularly. He went home and mentioned this. His brother-in-law said he didn't believe in rebirth and suggested they investigate to see if, they were, if there was any truth to the story. There was truth, all right. They managed to make inquiries and got directed to a village where they found the incense makers and found, um, give me one second, someone in their family had died in a road accident. When the teacher reported back, they spoke to Punima and decided to go there. The father had realized it was 100% true because Punima had directed the driver straight to the house. So this little girl's in the car, has never met these people, never been to this area, never even spoken to them, and she literally gets in the car and directs these people right where to go. Right to the house. She talked about a pond and how the house was higher up, described every detail before they got there. 
They could not believe how strong her memories were. She was only five years old when she visited her first family and has kept in close contact over the years. Both families love her very much. Jenna Dasa even had a wife and a daughter and are convinced Punima is him. They were sure from the moment they first met. They became very they become very emotional when she leaves. They get upset, like when she has to go back home. One day the brother in law to Jenna Dasa was coming back from the fields and a young girl was pointing to him, calling him her brother in law. He heard it. She asked for her sister, his wife. He said she wasn't here. Then she asked, where is she? She then went back around the house looking for incense sticks we used to sell. She asked for a particular packet of incense that they had only made when Jenna Dasa was alive and no longer made. She asked why had they changed the colors. She was looking for the company vans and was asking lots of questions. When Punima saw her sister from her previous life, she ran up and kissed her. She was five and calling a grown woman her younger sister. Surprised them all. It makes you wonder if the fact that the Buddhists believe in reincarnation has an effect on this. Belief becomes reality sort of thing. The, fir the most startling find in this case, this kind of blew my mind, of Punima and Janadasa, is that Punima had a large birthmark on her left side. She was born with it. When Janadasa died, his fatal injuries were on his left side. Ribs on the left side were crushed. All the injuries were there. Birthmarks start in the embryo too, by the way. I have one on my left leg that is like brown. It's the one I was telling you about. It's, um, I don't know how you die from a leg wound, but who, I mean, it could have been, you know, you could have been in the war or battle or something where you, something gets amputated or, you know, just who knows. You know, I've always been kind of a fighter and a warrior, so you never know. But it's interesting how people have birthmarks. Um, Hunima had never heard of reincarnation when the when all this started either. So she didn't know. She was only five. Several, several people talk about choosing their parents or their families they were born to, having memory of it, being in heaven or the sky, talking with God before coming, the belief is whether we choose good or bad parents or families, there's a reason for it. Personal growth, mission from God, our purpose, we don't know. But for some reason, there's a lot of people that believe and they actually remember being in heaven and speaking with the Lord and choosing families. Lord knows why. Um, there's another story of... So the one with, with Punima Janadasa, I thought I found that just absolutely fascinating. The whole birthmark, um, the way she walks right into her family, she recognizes all of them. She gets real emotional. Just the whole story, like she knew every detail. She remembered everything. Just like she's still Janadasa, like it never left her. She even, I believe she um, was 12 years old. And the memories were still there. Like they never went away. So there was another little girl that told her mom when she was a baby. That her mom fell down the steps carrying her. And she went into the fireplace and died. She burned up. She remembered it. A woman named Jenny would wake up nightly screaming in tears when she was a little girl. 
started having mem many memories of being a woman named Mary that had had eight children. She died in the hospital of an illness, leaving all eight children on their own. They were split up and placed in orphanages. Jenny continued on with her memories as she grew, and as an adult started researching all the names she had remembered, feeling they had been her children. She was desperate to find them. She located every one of them, now all much older, and found them to all be alive and having lived good lives. And She was so relieved for that. She had felt she had abandoned them, and it tore her heart out. The family members all met her and are convinced she is indeed their mother after hearing her memories of things she couldn't possibly have known. The oldest son, upon first seeing her, couldn't believe the resemblance she even had to his mother. They look almost identical, even same hairstyle. She would start to tell of a memory and he would finish it. That's fascinating. Um... There's a show on TV uh, that I, I took. I actually saw a couple episodes of it. Not many, but it was pretty good. It was, and I don't think it's on anymore. It doesn't run anymore, but it's still on. You can find it on YouTube, I believe. It was called Who Was I? It was on LMN Station, and it's, it's really good. This guy's like a hypnotist. He takes people back into previous lives. Some people have had more than one, and you wouldn't believe the detail. Like, it, it's just insane. I mean, they even, he does the research after they're done talking and finds places he didn't even know existed on the map. And the people have, like, the same markings. Tribal people have markings. Um, everything that they describe, is, is it's just right on. They even speak languages. Like, the one guy was, like, doing this clicking language, and you should have you heard it. The way he did it was so, there's no way you could have done this unless you practiced it a million times. Like, this is some wild stuff. I think it would be interesting to hear studies on devout Christians that um, if they have any reincarnation stories, or if they even have them, if there's anybody that's like a really devout Christian that's ever had, you know, reincarnation, that would be, I think that would be really interesting. Buddhist countries have the highest cases of reincarnation incidences, interestingly. Satan working overtime, possibly? I don't know. Do I believe in reincarnation? I just don't know. I don't know. I have no idea if I'm right or wrong about the way I feel about it. Um, I don't think any of us know exactly what's going on. It's just, it's a hard thing to, you know, dispute when there's so many cases of it. But the other part of what I was saying, the other side of my belief on it is that it could just flat out be a trick from Satan. It could be something where demons infiltrate into people, even in the womb, because they can enter into the womb if there's an opening. And the kids get born with defects all the time, and that's supposed to be an attack by demo a demonic attack in the womb, uh, born with you know autism or develop autism, um, born with Down syndrome, you know, deformities, all kinds of stuff. Those are all demonic attacks in the womb, as could be these reincarnation re memories. They may not be remembering their own memories. They could be remembering somebody else's life that's being fed to them by demons, okay? And that's a very, 
very strong possibility. So you have to remember that these stories are fascinating, but it could literally just be another demonic attack. So we have the Bible as our guide and our instincts and inner voice to kind of lead us into what we feel about this. Irregardless, stay close to God. You know, whatever life you have now, concentrate on that one. Maybe some souls get lost along the way through trauma. You know, maybe they're granted another chance. Maybe none of this is true. You know, we just don't know. Like I said, it could just be one of God's mysteries and secrets he keeps. So, those are some stories I wanted to go over with you. And I think the stuff is just fascinating. I still enjoy listening to the stories because I, you know, you just don't know. Like I said, it's, I mean, if there's a possibility, I would love to do a past life regression with the hypnotist. And I know we're really not even supposed to do that. We're not supposed to be doing past life regressions with hypnotists. And we're not supposed to be doing things with hypnotists, you know, or psychics. I'm not, and I think it's because so much of it could be infiltrated with de demons. Like some of it could be true, but I feel that God wants us protected as much as possible, you know, as possible. So he doesn't, you know, want us going to these people in case something gets intercepted by a demon. You know, I don't believe all of it's intercepted by demons, but I believe that there's definitely a chance that it could be. And that's why he wants us to just stay away from it. I mean, I'm a little bit more open-minded than some Christians, I guess, you know. And maybe some people would say, you know, that's not good, but you never know. I just, I mean, I just, you know, but I do believe in the Lord. I definitely believe in the Lord and in Jesus, and I love him and follow him and try to stay as sin-free as I possibly can. I uh, wanted to tell you guys, getting off topic of all that now, I was hearing something on this COVID, a little bit of world stuff here, world news stuff going on here. Um, take your vitamin C, vitamin D3, and zinc. Those are the three vitamins, in case you are not aware of this, that you must take in order to stay strong from COVID. Start exercising as much as you possibly can. At least, you know, 20 minutes a day even. Start exercising, even if it's just five days a week. Get your body built up. Okay, if you're bored, if you're in a lot more, whatever's going on, build your body up as much as you possibly can. There was a study being done over in, I think it's Norwegian, it's a Norwegian study that cod liver oil, in caplets even, it doesn't have to be, you know, food or liquid, but that's always a good thing as well. They're doing a study on cod liver oil. They're finding a massive amount percentage wise of people like 90% of the population that, that it takes or eats cod liver oil are not getting COVID or healing very quick. If they get it, they have a major study going on about this right now. So add cod liver oil to your, your daily diet without fail cod liver oil zinc d3 and vitamin c and get some kind of exercise guys this is going to be your biggest defense against this stuff and make sure you get rest 
try to stop a lot of sugar too. That's always a big one. It's big for me as I'm sitting here sucking down a Coke Icy. Afghanistan. I don't even... I don't even know what to say. I just... So much. The Taliban is boasting that they beat the United States. Do you realize that they're boasting... And their feeling right now that they beat the United States is going to give them so much confidence and embolden them so much more to try to infiltrate our country and do so much damage here because of their attitude now that they feel that they have defeated the United States. They didn't defeat the United States. They started moving in when most of our forces were gone. And our fighters aren't really fighting them. They've been ordered to stand down. This is a very scary attitude. See, ISIS and the Taliban are two different organizations. The Taliban and ISIS are enemies. They're both the organizations are organizations, I should say, just demonic cults are just, they're both driven to take over. Especially ISIS is more driven for taking over the Middle East, you know, Afghanistan, Syria, Pakistan, those places. Um, they, of course they want to take over the world. You know, that's the, the, the religion that they follow, that there's, they want to just infiltrate the whole world and take over. But with their, with their so-called religion, but the Taliban is more focused on taking over the United States. So back in the 90s, ISIS was in power. Now we've got the Taliban in power, or they're trying to get to. And their focus is on taking over the Middle East and the United States. We have to be very careful with this, guys. This is, this is really, it's just really, really... I don't even know. Like the way I feel about this is is just um I don't even have the words for this. I am just agonizing over this. It's just awful. I keep praying and praying and praying for these people. The good news is there's a news article that came up that armed Afghans pushed out Taliban from three districts in their first local assault against the militant group. That's awesome. And we need to keep praying. For these people, praying like crazy that they defeat, that the resistance over there, since the United States military is pulling out, and, you know, the British military, that they, that they defeat them. Former Afghan leaders warned Taliban non-inclusive government won't be successful. When I read this, I about just crawled out of my skin. For them to say this... A delegation of erstwhile Afghan leaders and officials have warned the Taliban that if they fail to form a non-inclusive government, they won't be able to govern successfully. And the country will return to the post-1996 situation once again. The new government, they're recognizing the Taliban as the new government. Not that they're terrorists, not that they're raping murderers. 
but that they're now a government, that this is a political government body. That's how they're being recognized by China, by Russia, and God knows whoever else is writing the news articles. I just, I cannot even believe that I'm reading this. That, that it, I mean, let's cut the crap. They're murdering, raping terrorists. That's all they are. There is nothing else. They're not a religion and they're not a political party. They just want whatever they want and they kill to get it. They're oppressive and they're evil. I cannot believe anybody would recognize them as a political party, as a government, as a religion. I cannot believe that they are being recognized like this. It is shocking. This is how brain dead people are. It makes me so angry. The women in that country need to rise up. They have more cards than they realize. They cook for these people. Poison them. Kill them. They have to wear burqas. You can hide weapons underneath the burqas. They need to rise up and help the resistance and fight this. Okay, they're probably going to die anyway. So they might as well go out fighting. I cannot believe they walked away, that the army over there walked away from their bases and all of their weapons and the Taliban has control over it now. I just, some of this stuff I'm telling you, I'm just, it, I'm just going out of my mind. I, I, I just, I never even believed I would care like this, but I mean, the West goes over there for 20 years. We Westernize this country. Okay, we westernized these people. Anybody from the last 20 years that was born up to 20 years old is westernized. And for them to do this, it's crazy that they're living through this. People are going to end up starving in their homes because they're too afraid to go out. There was a case where a, a, a woman and a husband were in line trying to get through to the airport with their little boy and the father was shot dead right in front of him for no reason shot in the head and they're a government that's being recognized as a government how is that possible how do you recognize that as a government or a religion that's not a religion it's just it's it's pure evil they're serial killers. Southern borders. This could very well also be a distraction. Why the United States pulled out like they did. Okay. Taliban comes to power after our sudden and very haphazard withdrawal. No care or compassion for the people they exposed to our Western culture. And now we have a bigger border issue, a bigger border issue than ever. It's an absolute disaster. Is there a connection? That's just a thought.
How many Taliban ISIS terrorists have come in? Already here. Massive amounts of drug smuggling, human trafficking, and terrorists coming in. It's not coming here, guys. It's here. They're in. Guaranteed. They're in. Up to 200,000 border illegal border crossings a month going on. That's a lot. Estimated. That's an estimate. And in office, we have people who have no interest in protection of our borders or our country or our people. And that's the bottom line. I don't, I feel that it was Kamala Harris that they wanted in office. That's an interesting thought. So this isn't including the ones we don't catch either or know about. People wanted a president in who would open our borders to all. It's inhumane not to, they claim. Yet we pull out of a country where people are so desperate to get out, they're climbing on planes and falling to their death and being raped, oppressed, and murdered. And they knew it was going to happen. But they're so worried about doing the humane thing by letting people cross the borders without any kind of paperwork illegally and then they smuggle them in keep them in the country protect them yet they do this to Afghanistan do you see the double standard here what's the agenda open borders terrorists coming to power this isn't a religion it's flat out terrorism Afghanistan is dealing with minute-to-minute -minute daily, with no one to help them. They need backup now. Not next week, or next year, or next 911 incident, 911 incident. That's not when they need backup. They need it now. How is this humane? You know, how are these governments and countries turning a blind eye to all of this? Are we not all brothers and sisters? You know, the honor killings that go on even their country, this country. They still have honor killings, guys. Honor killings. How do you justify murder? Murdering of your own child or family member. And it's recognized because it's their religion. Child sex trafficking, human tra trafficking, child slavery, inhumanity to animals... China, North Korea, Russia, Pakistan, Middle Eastern areas. How are the people in the, the superpowers, you know, like America and other countries, how are they turning a blind eye on this? Think of these poor children and women and men, animals with no hope in sight, countries dealing with starvation. What the hell is going on? Why aren't we doing so much more? While these people sit, brag about, you know, you get online and you see these movie stars with, you know, collections of thousands of sneakers and living in these luxurious mansions, just, you know, showing it off to the world, the, the showiness of it, rubbing it in people's faces, 
This is just, it's sick. It's sick. What's the quote in the Bible? It's as easy for a rich man to get to heaven as it is for a camel to get through the eye of a needle. And my God, isn't that the case? Imagine having the kind of money that some of these people have and it just sits in a bank doing nothing, just sitting there. They collect money and then they hype themselves up by, you know, buying all this stuff, mansions and cars and jewelry, trips, private jets, always trying to fulfill that hole in them that never gets filled. Why? It doesn't do anything for you. You know, you want something today, you get it. The next day you want something else. What fulfills you is helping others. What fulfills you is God. That's what fulfills you. And that's what these people choose to do with their money. Just sits and rots in a bank somewhere. While people everywhere, they should be going out, hitting the streets every day, looking for at least somebody to help. One person every day to help and change their life in some way. Not giving to organizations. Okay, unless you know the organization is legit and 90% of the money is going to help the people. Or opening up their own organizations to help the people. That way you know where the money's going. Stop giving to these crooked organizations. I went to the festival the other day. I wanted to tell you guys this too. Not one person had a mask on. I ended up at this festival. I could have died. I got invited to see my granddaughter dance. Huh. I get down there. We have this thing here called Williamsport Welcomes the World. And it's for Little League. And I get down there and I avoid this thing like the plague, especially during COVID. No idea why this was going on during COVID. No idea why at all. I get down to the I get down there to see her dance. And it hit me as we're walking down there, we're right smack in the middle of this stupid festival that goes on. Not that it's stupid, but to me right now, during COVID, this was stupid. Dumb call. Nobody had masks on. Nobody. Hundreds of people. Probably thousands of people at this festival. Nobody wearing a mask. And you knew they weren't all vaccinated. It was shocking. It was really uh, something else to see the, the lack of care that the people had for the spread of COVID. You know, I'm not saying masks are effective. I do believe they are effective somewhat because doctors and surges have, surgeons have been wearing them for a very long time. And there's a reason for that. So they definitely have to help some. I don't begrudge somebody not wearing them. What I begrudge is having a festival during COVID. Okay, I think that's insanity. But that's just my personal opinion. There are a lot of people dying right now. And young people are dying too. So anybody that doesn't take the virus serious, I think you're crazy not to. But that's just my opinion. I wanted to read you something real quick before I go. It's called uh, West Asian Fable saying that I found I thought was really cool 
The forest kept shrinking, but the trees kept voting for the axe. For the axe was clever and convinced them that since his handle was wood, he was one of them. I thought that was really cool. Okay, you guys. Well, we covered reincarnation, COVID, and the world news with Afghanistan. I just, I feel overwhelmed. I feel absolutely sad, desperate for the people in Afghanistan, the good people that this, hap this is happening to. Worried that they're going to come into the country, that the terrorists and the bad ones are going to, I know they're here, but I mean, it's going to get worse. I'm worried for us. I'm scared for them. And I want us all to pray for the people that are the resistance that are trying to take out the Taliban. And just keep praying for these people, guys, please. Just keep praying. Pray for us, for the COVID, for our protection against terrorists. Pray. We need a lot of prayer. And just just keep praying. Love you guys. Thanks for following me. And I'm up to almost 7,000 people now. It's pretty cool. 7,000 views. And it's growing every day. Every hour I get on, it's just more and more people. It's been really cool. YouTube's a little bit slower. Uh, I just opened that up, though. That was just I just started that a couple weeks ago, so that's not a shocker. You know, that's going to take a little time to grow. But on here, it's been... You know, on the podcasting channels, it's it's just growing like crazy. I've really enjoyed this. So, you know, don't take anything I say offensively. You know, just understand we all have opinions. And, you know, I'm always willing to talk and negotiate stuff. I, it's interesting to, to hear other people's points of view. So, we basically form opinions by what we read and what we know. And... It's good to keep an open mind as much as you can within reason. But you guys have a great day. Take care. I will be talking to you soon. God bless you. Stay safe. See you guys.